Hi, Jens here. Are you interested in innovation? This might be something for you too. Every Friday, I share the latest innovation articles, ideas, videos, books, podcasts, and more that I discovered during the week in my newsletter, Connect the Dots. If you subscribe, you will receive an email into your inbox every Friday. You can't find the newsletter anywhere else, so you have to subscribe if you want to receive it. Head over to jensheitland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Jens Heitland Show where I connect the dots of innovation and entrepreneurship. My name is Jens Heitland and welcome to the show. Today's show is another XYZ Playground edition where I meet with Joshua exploring how leaders of today learn from leaders of tomorrow. Today's topic is creating and enabling sustainability. Please welcome to the show, Joshua. Hello, Joshua. How are you doing? Jens, it's good to see you in this virtual world that we now call home, eh? Yes, we're meeting each other every day and sometimes a couple of times over the day, but not recorded like this. Yeah, and I like your, for those who are watching the video, you will see that Jens has got a new background, which he craftily put together over the weekend with the help of his little daughter. So it's quite a cool backdrop. Yeah, it's a new thingy. It's not a virtual background, it's a real background. And I moved the office, so it's now a new studio with like proper recording opportunities and so need to invest a little into these things these days. <laughs> yeah, and that's a great segue in terms of, you know, the topic that we've outlined today around investing and some longer term thinking and sustainability all intertwined. So looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. So yeah, it's like, let's get into it. So if we take creating and enabling sustainability as an umbrella topic for us today, starting with, we have had this conversation the other day, where it's like sustainability for a lot of people is just the environmental part. But both of us know it's not. And of course, a lot of people outside of us know it as well. But let's dig into that. So what is it more? What is the ecosystem of it? Yeah, and I think that I love the way that you frame that by sort of outlining at the very start that sustainability isn't only linked to environmental concerns or climate change. Because I think sometimes when people mention the term sustainability is that's immediately where our minds go. Hmm. And I think, you know, foundationally, when I start thinking about sustainability, I sort of need to zoom right back out. And I need to think of it like you mentioned, an ecosystem and saying how all of these different parts connected to one another, how do they influence one another? And what does that mean in terms of the sustainability, the actual operations of the overall ecosystem? And I think there are a number of things that we can double click on, and I'm sure we'll do so over the course of the conversation today. But maybe just quickly, two things are feedback and then the ability to inform other scenarios inside of that ecosystem with that feedback. And I think that that for me is the biggest thinking when we start exploring sustainability is recognizing the interconnectedness of everything inside the world and the different systems that we operate on a day to day basis. But that's my interpretation of sustainable thinking and sustainability. How about you, Jens? Where do you start your thinking? Love that. Yeah. So for me, the one of the biggest aspects of sustainability is a long-term thinking. So it's long-term perspective, which is not short-term perspective. 
And on top of that, it's like having a positive impact into whatever it is. And that, of course, is the environmental perspective, but it's also the social angle and the business part, if you just take the three main areas. And that's really, how do you do this long-term and how do you do something that's positive for the many people, like positive for the whole world, for the planet, for the ecosystem you are in? And if you just keep that in mind from a, in my perspective, that's already helping you to take completely different decisions, taking different discussions going forward. So that's like the highest level I could summarize it. Yeah. And I love two things about that. So firstly is the recognition of the other parts of the system in terms of recognizing that while you may be an individual, you're connected to multiple other areas inside of that space. And then the other element talks to around how that impacts the rest of the system. And I think if we take and Again, now this zooms in and says sustainability from a climate perspective. If we look at climate change and global warming, how do my actions impact someone that I may never meet inside of my lifetime, but it will directly impact the experience that they have living on the same earth that we share? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think if we go more narrow, I think it's really, and that links to the other topics we have discussed before in the other episodes is like, what can you do as an individual Because sometimes it feels so big that you're taking yourself out of the equation. They say, yeah, the government will take care of climate change. The big companies should do it first because they have more money than I have. Like all of these topics, uh, same with social topics. Yeah, I can't afford anything more expensive. That's why I'm buying the cheap thing, which is maybe not so good from a social aspect and environmental impact. So it's really what we need to make it. We need to make it tangible for the people out there. And for us in the same way, where it's like, what can you do tangible and how can you do and how can you impact with the little ecosystem where you're in the big topic? Because if everyone would just do that, hey, how can I contribute for myself in what I can influence? If everyone on earth would do that, we would do huge changes and not just waiting until someone else is doing it. Amazing, amazing, amazing points. And I think The one thing that I just want to double click on there is around the term creation. And I think that creation, in order to create, we need to start. Mm -hmm. And in order to start, we need to have a recognition that our small changes or small actions can actually have a positive impact on creating a sustainable framework. And that may be zooming in and being narrow again in terms of conversations that we've had in the past and from a specific climate view or environmental view around sustainability. But if you take that same thinking and you put it inside an organization and you think about maybe something that you want to change inside an organization, if you have the courage and the ability to start creating and to start driving that change, that can have a longer lasting impact and a longer term view on creating sustainability and sustainable thinking inside of your team and organization. Yeah. And then connected to that, what we also talked about, we're linking a lot of things back to the other conversation, but that's just how it is. It's also the, how do you get motivated? Is it more yourself? How do you get motivated from external things? And how do you then take it to the next level? And I think that's, it's really important to understand the complexity of sustainability and the impact everyone can do even to that complexity but it's as well if we move that from a personal level to a business level it's also what is the necessity of businesses that need to focus on this and need to change their business model need to change their way of thinking and working to enable this bigger picture because everyone is talking about it or 
let's say publicly everyone is talking about it, but it's not happening everywhere. And I think that's also something where we as individuals working inside of corporations, working inside of companies, studying, being at school, not working, whatever, everyone can do a difference in that, having the impact in the world where we are in. And then if you're working in companies, if you have the possibility to engage with corporations, you have the possibility to change that as well. I would love to dive deeper into how can businesses and how can individuals in businesses do the change and do this way of thinking with like, let's look at the totality of sustainability and take action towards a better world. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm very glad you brought that up because I was just about to say, it feels like in this conversation, we've sort of done the proverbial and jumped in the deep end where we've, you know, jumped straight into the concepts of sustainability and spoken about our personal understanding in terms of foundational thinking that we use to understand sustainable practices from an environmental climate and a business perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe Jens, to start off that conversation around the how, I can start off by asking you is, what do you think and what have you set up inside of this, some of the teams that you've worked in to create an environment that promotes sustainable thinking? Yeah, <laughs> linking back again to one of the other episodes, I think it's fundamentally how you set up your team structure and how do, you, how do you work with empowerment as a manager, as a leader of a team? Because that will change directly how the team is impacting the world around them because What I've always seen is like this being a good example in what you're doing as a leader will have an effect of everyone who is engaging with you, not just the people who are directly, let's say, reporting to you if you think like a manager position. It's really like empowering the people to do what they think is right. And it's not restricting them to a specific perspective because if you empower them from a value perspective that they are able to do things They will take the right choice because I believe that every human being on earth is fundamentally having the similar needs and is willing to do good things for the world. Like we're not grown up and born to do evil. And I think if we just enable everyone to do the good things and not limiting them just to, hey, you need to do it exactly in that way. It's more empowering them to think and empowering them to do things. That's the biggest thing you can do as a manager. And not going down the rabbit hole of, hey, you need to sort your waste like this. You shouldn't be traveling like that. It's more about, hey, be responsible in the space you are and and use these values in helping them to unleash the topics and then finding their passion in it. Two great points that you raised in that and a lot of uh, nuggets that came out of that. But for me, the two words were opportunities and responsibilities. Hmm. And if you think about creating a sustainable way of thinking and sustainable practices, we can learn a lot from the way that nature operates inside of that space. And if you think from a simplistic standpoint, you think about a seed that's put into the ground and then that has the opportunity to grow, but it's got a variety of contextual factors that impact its growth. How tall does it grow? Does it receive enough sunlight, et cetera, all of those types of things. And those responsibilities that you reference from a team perspective can also be thought about in nature in terms of how other elements have a responsible part to play in helping the growth of those certain things. So that's a very zoomed in view. But now if we zoom out and we say sustainable thinking is one is creating that environment. So enabling the opportunities and creating the responsibilities for people to take up those opportunities. The other element is around creating a fixed environment that is enabling. And by that, I mean, sort of just allowing people to test and experiment 
as per other conversations that we've had, which if done on the bedrock of sustainability and with a slightly longer term view, can unlock a different form of value for organizations and the teams in which people operate and things like that. Yeah, 100% agree. Now, I think that's really, when you have enabled that, how do you give the people, if you work in a business setting, how do you not just enable it from a way of thinking as well, enable it from getting it done? And you have said things like that before, it's like, going into a step-by-step approach. What can I do right now to get towards the bigger perspective and do smaller steps every day, getting into the habit, getting into the way of thinking that you can contribute just by the small step you do day to day to day to day. And that steps will add up to do something bigger. I think it's really this like zooming into what can I do today? What is maybe the domino that gets a lot of dominoes falling after that and then zooming out, what is the wider perspective? What is the visionary way of thinking? Hmm. Yeah, and I think you know a number of key things to pick up there and maybe some synergies to draw on. The first is around the hesitancy that people have to adopt or embrace sustainability. And I think that that varies across different generations, but it might also vary in terms of mindsets. And what I mean by that is if you take recycling, for example, and you say, I'm one person out of 7.3, probably a lot more billion people in the world, but probably a lot more than that right now. But how is my action going to change the course of things that are on the go at the moment? And I think it's that mindset that needs to shift when we start thinking about sustainability and how can we prod and push in different directions to actually get people to say that, see that by making a small contribution, you're enacting a bigger change going forward inside of that space. And the other element goes around in terms of, you know, the collective action. And if you think about nature as a whole, again, referencing nature from a sustainability and environmental standpoint is saying nature's got many different parts that are all collectively working together to achieve an overall outcome. And if you think about how forest grows or all of the different flora and fauna inside of that space, what does that contribute to allowing the forest to flourish? And I think that that's important for teams and individuals even to recognize the interconnectedness of that space. Because if we don't, we can lead to make bad decisions, which have implications for people that we'll never meet in person. Yeah, absolutely. I would like to take a turn now into the young thinkers space. I was interviewing Ruth, who is working with the Organic Cotton Accelerator the other day on another podcast. What was interesting in our conversation, now I'm even not sure if we recorded that part, is that a lot of young thinkers, a lot of young people, let's say young, define young from a young way of thinking, for them, sustainability and this sustainability from an ecosystem perspective, like we just talked about, it's normal. Like it's a no-brainer. They don't disagree on any of this topic. But of course, there's as well the other world, which are thinking differently, where it's not the given, where you, you need to, let's say, inform them, where you need to, to get them on board. How do you see that young thinkers and the young people in this world can lead that change towards, hey, how do we get sustainability and sustainable thinking being the norm going forward? So if I'm honest, it's something that I've thought quite a lot about. And I sort of keep coming back to two things. And I think that sometimes young people can be extremely hasty in terms of the decisions that they make, and they want everything to happen right here and right now. 
Mm. And that goes to the, the mere fact in the way that we as digital natives have been brought up where we've got instant gratification at our fingertips. And I think that the first step and why I've started with that is because while young thinkers can be incredibly passionate about sustainability, I think that they need to sometimes take a step back and listen to some of the learnings of older generations, mm. not by any means saying, don't keep driving your passion, but sometimes listen to the lessons that have been learned and the way that you're approaching things inside of that space. Because if we go in and rush in too quickly, we can often burn our fingers inside of that space. And I think that's a big thing because when young thinkers start talking about sustainable practices and the environment, they can you know, use terms like the generation that has preceded us has messed up the world that we live in. And sure, that is true to a certain extent, but what happened to the generation before that and the generation before that as well? Mm. There are many complexities that need to be considered. For example, the generation you know ahead of us may have been put in this situation due to constraints that they faced from the previous generation. So in that long-winded answer, I encourage young thinkers to actually take a step back in the way that they engage with the leaders of today and listen to some of those things, but don't decrease the amount of passion. The second element is around how can you as a young thinker actually walk the talk? And I think that it is one thing for us all to, you know, jump onto social media and support these drives and campaigns and things like that. But are you practicing what you preach? Yeah. So are you actually doing the things that you are so vocal about when it's easy to be vocal when it's just a social media post? And then thirdly, how can you enable that culture and that way of thinking to grow bigger than just these smaller groups of collectives that have developed out in this space? Yeah, I love that. And I think that's really important, not just talking, getting the things done and really taking actions. And I think one perspective what we talk a lot about because we are working on this reverse mentorship platform and ways of thinking is really the interaction between the young thinker and the one who is, who is not really into that or have the power and financial and other means to enable these things to happen. So it's really taking the steps to engaging with each other and looking into, hey, we're an industry company and we could buy two different machines. One is more sustainable than the other but the non-sustainable might be 10 times cheaper. So how do you take a conversation and take a standpoint as well? Why is it reasonable today in investing into the more sustainable solution? Because it will pay back on the long run. I think that's really a power everyone has. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to maybe just go a bit deeper on the word interaction, hmm. and I've sort of made a quick scribble down on my notes here, is that interaction is bi-directional and if we take again a lesson from nature is symbiotic relationships mm. and so in sustainable thinking and in ecosystem thinking is it's one thing for young thinkers to come to the table and be passionate about sustainability and the climate change argument and the climate crisis that we're in that's not saying that executives and the leaders of today don't recognize those challenges but i think that there needs to be more a bi-directional feedback mechanism where through these spaces like the platform that we're wanting to create and the reverse mental nature that we are approaching this thinking with is how can we encourage executives to listen to the viewpoints of younger thinkers. But having said that, younger thinkers also need to be conscious about the way that they are engaging with specific people inside of that space. Because I'll use an analogy here is if you walk into a boardroom and you're steaming through the door and you break all the chairs, the executives are not going to listen to you. 
yeah. because you have not approached that specific setting in the way that you should be approaching it. And I think that that is something that I implore young thinkers to consider in the way that we want to go about creating these moments of change in society going forward. Yeah, that's what I love. What you have been working on is this, how can you create a safe space, which is not the natural space of anyone, where you basically, hey, you go out of the boardroom, you go out of your, let's say, stupid way of thinking, but classroom, and you meet in a space where it's both not your natural space, so it's kind of different environment, which enables you to be truly yourself, where you have the possibility to engage with each other in a completely different way, where you have open discussions, where you can talk about the problems that are out there. That's maybe from an executive perspective, hey, that's, I know I should be deciding like this, but I'm getting measured on something else. So that's why I'm not deciding. In a boardroom, they would never say that. Some would. Yeah. And I think that's really an interesting perspective. If you have a safe space, a way you can be true to yourself and open as well. Yeah. And I think we have a technology to thank for accelerated progress inside of that space. And to use a term that's, you know, could add a bit of complexity to this, but you've depoliticized the engagement space. Yeah. And all that sort of means is that you've allowed young thinkers to have a seat at the table by getting together in a virtual environment which may not have been possible to travel constriction or restraints in the past and things like that. And so I think it's created that opportunity for different generations to meet going forward. And it's a space that we're both extremely passionate about and looking forward to building out and testing and prototyping over the coming months. Yeah. And I think that's it's so powerful that this way of thinking that there is a table and you can grab a chair and sit on that table. It doesn't matter where the table is and who is on the table. And it's more about, hey, there's a topic I'm interested in and I want to engage. I want to solve this problem. I can jump on the table and go deeper into the topic and can as well learn from the people who are on that table because that's always how engagement happens. You always learn while you give. And then I think it's also from an interest perspective of an executive, hey, maybe you don't want to talk that openly. So maybe there's a table, but you would love to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation or you want to go into a closed room and close the doors, which is just kept between you and a few people to explore a specific problem because you don't want to talk about it openly in public right now. And I think mm -hmm. there are different ways and different engagement opportunities if you curate that, if you create still a safe space where it's not about a power struggle or about, hey, I know more than you know. It's more about, hey, let's sit on the table. Let's sit in a room. Let's have a conversation around a problem. And how do we fix that problem? And specifically, if we link this back to sustainability, it's like, how do we solve climate change going forward? What can we do in a specific setting? And I think it's not about how do we solve climate change? That's too big of conversation on a table perspective. You need to go very narrow and saying, okay, we're in a specific situation. We have a company like this. We have, if we take business, we have a problem that's limiting us to get towards our sustainable goal. How can we do that? How can you young thinkers help us to overcome that? What do you think? How can we do that? And that will unleash a lot of things. Yeah. The reason that resonates so strongly with me, Jens, is coming back to this concept of sustainability that we picked to discuss today. And, and 
all of the elements that you mentioned in the last little bit, especially around, you know, creating the tables, creating the rooms and creating those engagement opportunities. And I think that that is a key part of sustainable thinking. It's about creating connection points, engagement opportunities at all levels and around all different problems inside of the connection space that we're creating inside of that, that environment. And I think that that is massive in terms of what the future, in terms of addressing sustainability looks like. I agree. It's really important to get that from a long-term perspective, organized and secured. That's a perfect possibility to close our conversation for today. I think that we can dig way more and we will do it going forward into looking into how young thinkers can use their superpowers in a way of understanding the world from their perspectives engaging with executives, engaging with experienced thinkers in a way to solve problems and specifically around the sustainability aspect, because the two of us are very, very passionate about sustainability as a whole. Let's dive deeper into further topics on that. Thank you very much for today. It was a pleasure as usual uh, having you on the show and having you in these discussions. Thanks, Jens. We'll chat soon. Thanks. Hey, this is Jens again. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you have listened to, please subscribe to the podcast and share the episodes with your friends and people you think might like it too. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, please follow me on social media or look me up at jensheitland.com. Thank you very much and see you in the next episode.